0: So, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Janine Trimboli with us here at the Entrepreneurship Class. So, you guys, they will ask questions, but I'd like to take okay. a few first because I have a bunch of them. But mm-hmm. first of all, I'd just like if you could just kind of set the table a little bit for us mm-hmm. just about who you are where you grew up. I know you grew up in, I think it was Herkimer, is that correct? Yeah, Illion to be exact. Illion, okay. Tell me a little bit about life growing up and any early influencers for you? Okay,
1: so, well, I'm a fitness professional now, but I wasn't always a fitness professional. Actually from a very young age, like nine years old until well into my early 30s, I was a professional performer. So I have a degree actually in musical theater And for me, fitness originally was a way to stay in shape as a performer.
0: So what kind of perform? Like acting or? Musical
1: theater, singing, dancing, acting. I used to do a lot of voiceover work in the Capital Region for commercials like for CDPHP and Time Warner Cable, television commercials. I did shows with Capital Rep and Park Playhouse and Old Castle Theater in Vermont. I did a one-woman show at Troy Music Hall as part of their new music concert series. And at about that point, I had had my third child. She's working out child. right now, by the
0: way. Do you see that? Yeah, right. It's like, How many reps I, are you doing? I'm sorry, I don't go. like
1: sitting. Um, <laughs> by my third child is when I did the show at Troy Music Hall, and I just realized I just can't do this anymore. Like, three kids, you know, trying to, trying to do rehearsals and all of this. It just it wasn't melding anymore. And I'd always said if I ever stopped enjoying it, I wouldn't perform anymore. And I was not I was feeling torn, so I decided to step away from performing and then over time my hobby of exercise started to become my career we bought a house in Scotia and I was like okay well I got these three kids where am I gonna go work out and there was a YMCA just up the road in Glenville they were looking for fitness instructors and I was actually at that point certified as a group fitness instructor I was like great I get a free membership they're gonna watch my kids for me while I teach classes I get to work out So I started out just kind of thinking like, this is a great way to like get a free gym membership. And then next thing I know, one class turned into three, turned into five. Next thing I'm also teaching at the Clifton Park Y. Then I became a fitness coordinator. Then over time I became a fitness director. I started getting certified in personal training and everything just kept snowballing more and more. And the more I got involved into fitness and management, And work. I've worked for pretty much every gym in this area. I've been in the industry over 20 years now. 25 years. Right. I'm 47. Fitness is really good for you. You're 47 too. Nice. Good for you. It's a good age. I love my 40s. I'm
0: 52. I finally
1: grew up in my 40s, but. Yeah, so basically I'm working for all these other gyms and I didn't like working for other people. I just, I didn't like people micromanaging me because I always saw the easier, better path. And I just felt like a lot of other people were just getting in my way that really didn't understand what I was doing. And I think that's the story for a lot of people that work jobs where they have managers and you have to work with other people but I'm I'm very self-motivated, self-driven and like when I get my mind set on something, I am very ADHD, but when I get tunnel vision on something, it's just all systems go until it's done and it's done in every detail oriented perfect way in every segment. So, I guess that makes me probably for some people hard to work with because I expect a lot of myself and then I expect of a lot a lot of the people that work with me. But so what happened is I'm working for these different commercial gyms and other gyms in the area. Um, I actually helped create the fitness center for the Ford Orange Club, I worked. that was one of my last jobs I, um, working for other people. I went on as a consultant for them, I helped them build their fitness center and then I was their first fitness director. That didn't work out so well and so from there is when I started my own business. But and That was how long ago? <clears throat> Um, I started Real Fit Life in 2010, That's so a... it's been nine years wow, now. Wow. Yeah, so we're going quite a while now.
0: So I want to hit a couple things.
1: Let's hit a
0: couple things. Well, you, I cut you, I don't want to cut you off. but no. Yes. I'll talk. We're end Fort Orange. It's kind of where that, that Fort was Fort the Orange point Club. where. So a couple of things that stood out to me already. Mm-hmm. And one is that um, your entrepreneurship journey wasn't something where you said, even like as a little kid, I want to start my own business. No. It kind of happened by chance, but it met a need mm-hmm. for you.
1: Right. Right, but also, I was seeing a need in all of these jobs I was working for other people, I was seeing a need, a niche in fitness that was not being (laughs) filled, and for me, as a group fitness instructor, as a personal trainer working at all all of these facilities, I saw that pretty much all the time, the people that were already into fitness, that liked fitness, Fitness programming very much suited those people. They would keep coming, but the people I was trying to service and I was trying to hook into and get to keep coming back were the people that didn't think fitness was for them. Because the reality is, fitness when it's taught the right way is for everyone. There is a possible way for every single person in this room, for every single individual to um, have a fit lifestyle and to accomplish fitness goals and to achieve a higher level of fitness. But what's lacking is we're not teaching it in a way that serves everyone as an individual. Mm. Very much group formatting. A lot of times what happens is you go into a group class and kind of like the highest tier is being served. But even if I'm offering modifications or another level for people that need something a little quote unquote easier, it's peer pressure. People don't want to do the easier supposed version because they feel like they're going to look like they're wussing out, right? So then everybody ends up doing the harder variation anyway. People get injured. People feel like it's too hard. And then they stop coming. In the environment that I teach now, and I know I'm really jumping around, but That's to give good. you this kind of a awesome. broad overview, this, um, I did a lot of research before I started my company. I invested research. money. I looked into people that I felt were running gyms in a way that was at least somewhat similar to what I was starting to develop, to develop in my mind. And what I stumbled upon and then developed through my first space in Schenectady is group personal training. Now this is still very different however from what you were gonna see in most facilities. People are doing group training but really, it's still everybody's working out in a group and everybody's doing the same workout. When my members come to my gym, there are six people maximum at a time training together in the same hour in the same space, which brings their price point down to make it more affordable. But every single individual is being trained as an individual. So I am telling you, I'm writing so out for you, I'm there. I'm writing out for you exactly what your program is, exactly what you're going to do that way, exactly what weights you're going to lift for, how many reps. It's all on paper. So you could be working out alongside five other people, but doing a completely different workout. Quick
0: question for you. How do you scale? we have to scale you? Or how do you scale? Do you want this to become something bigger and then it it can't be you?
1: So since 2010, whenever I talk to people about my company, I always refer to it as we. I always say when we do this, because in my mind, really, I started Real Fit Life. My name is not in the title because I see this business eventually running without me in it. Um, I come from a background, which, you know, I know this is, we don't have all day, but I've been through some extreme hardship. So my story is also very unique, which is why I love to be here and talk to young people and students. Many people, I think when they hear about entrepreneurs, they're thinking about people that have a lot of money accessible to them or people with money accessible to them. And how would I ever start my own thing, right? And I always wanted to start my own business, but I wouldn't do it out of responsibility to my kids. I had a steady paycheck, I had a steady job. I felt like taking that kind of risk as a parent to children would not be responsible. But then I had a point in my life right around 2010 where the bottom fell out and I literally lost everything. My marriage completely broke apart, found out the person that I was married to was really like a terrible person. Um, that's a whole other story to itself. No and names now, though. But no, no names, I would never drop names. You can look them up, but no, I'm kidding. You can't, you really can't, you can't. But, um, but I had kids to support, so I'm in and out of family court every day. Things didn't work out at my last job. Now, so I'm without a job. Now, I'm also looking at losing my home. And um, so, yeah, I pretty much lost everything. And I remember sitting there in the parking lot outside Family Court one day and just thinking, you know what? I have nothing left to lose. And I had reached kind of the glass ceiling for the industry in this area. I was never going to make the amount of salary I had been making, and I was never gonna make more in this area working for other people, but I knew I could make more eventually working for myself.
0: I want you to go, I just wanna make sure people know what the glass ceiling means. Does everyone know what that means?
1: So, glass ceiling basically, you know, you've reached the top level of your profession, you're not gonna get any higher. Aside from, you know, owning my own gym, which is, is what I now do, but I knew there was gonna be a lot of struggle to get to that point, which believe me, there was. So the other thing you really need to understand, entrepreneurs, my, my kids and I, I sacrificed a lot for many years. We just, this past January, moved into a home that I'm renting. For a couple years, we lived with family, friends, because I couldn't even, I couldn't afford a place for us to live and afford to grow the business, which I knew the business had to take priority because for our livelihood, And for sustaining us long term, the business had to take precedence. So for several years, we lived with family friends. Um, You know, I just finally bought a nice new pre-owned car. My daughter's now driving like the junk car that I drove. Like I had this little Suzuki Ariel. Literally, I drove. So you have to really be willing to make sacrifices. And it's, it's not about the way appearances to other people. You have to be really smart with your money. You have to really pinch your pennies. And you have to really decide what you want to invest in. And the majority's got to go to your business. And you are working, eat, sleep, breathing your business all the time.
0: So you couldn't have done this. So you, <clears throat> you, you basically were pushed out of a job. So it wasn't like you quit and started this you actually were sort of that so, sort
1: of but at the same time it was not the right place for me so at the end of the day I'm all of the quote-unquote bad things that happened to me back then I have no regrets I have no bitterness because everything that occurred in my life and believe me I've gone through some really hard times pushed me to do what I really knew in my heart I wanted to do and what I knew I could do really well So we go back to the research like 2010, so I start looking out there and trying to find role models and business models of people who are successfully at least doing something similar to what I'm thinking in my mind I want to do, right? And so I found the Cosgroves out in California, Results Fitness, and I started, um, they actually have a mentorship program for fitness business specifically. It was one of their first programs. It was like $800 to buy this online course they did, but it was very hands-on. $800 for me at the time was a huge chunk of change, but I knew it was a really important investment. I mean, they gave me this huge binder. It taught me about a lot of basic things that I needed to know about and understand before even thinking about venturing into a space to stay open because that is like your your most important goal from day one is just to stay in business how do I keep afloat how do I keep this growing right but at the same time you've got to support yourself so there's a real balance you've got to be very smart with money and really understand how to budget from day to day week to week month to month your business is and your personal life.
0: It's also a, I see a humility here, because mm. on the one hand you have some swag, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. have a little bit of swag, a little genuine swag. I have a swag. lot of swag. Okay, because it's like, <laughs> I think I can do it better. They're not doing it right here, right? right? But on the other hand, it's humility of saying, I don't know what I don't know. Absolutely. And I'm gonna try to find out who knows what I don't know to learn from their mistakes.
1: Absolutely. Um, the reason I have become so good on the business end, and also as a fitness professional, is because I am constantly referring to people that are much higher up than me in the industry, and I've gotten to know many of these people. I'm actually, um, Lou Schuler, who I got to know very well, he is a former editor for Men's Health, Um, I'm in one of Lou's most recent books, Um, but I got to know all of these people through social media and reaching out and just saying, hey, this is me. This is what I do. I really look up to you. I really, your work has taught me a lot and I really appreciate it. Um, So I have a very strong network of people that I've built over time who I look to as much higher above me in levels of knowledge I mean people with PhDs and you know but they're my resources because you can't do everything you know there's only so many hours in the day so why reinvent the wheel if there are people you can go to and cut the cut to the chase right and find the information you need utilize those people and s- some of those people aren't necessarily going to be people that you personally know they might just have really good resources there is so much now because with the internet most people are sharing their information for free to some degree because in order to get business you have to be willing to share a lot of stuff for free just to be able to build a level a sense of trust with the people that you're trying to build relationships with, whether you want them to come to your brick and mortar business or whether you're selling something Especially like online. your type
0: of business, which is not a transactional mm-hmm. type business. Right. You really are building relationships. There's
1: a lot of trust involved in what I do, but I think there's a lot of trust involved in what everyone does. Most people make their choices based off emotional response. So I'm finding ways, just in being naturally who I am and putting out my message, to emotionally connect with my audience. And that's just by being completely just same when I walk through the store. 100% really who I am all the time. Um, There are a lot of people who are afraid to talk about or show their faults or maybe the hardships that they've gone through. I'm just the opposite. In my fitness business, you know, one of my models is, let's not raise the bar, let's lower the bar. Everybody's putting out this whole image of trying to be perfect and all of this BS all the time. And really, that stuff isn't real. We're all struggling. Even people that are doing well are struggling. We're always having challenges that we're facing. And I think the more you're willing to talk about them, and it doesn't have to be like, oh, poor me, woe is me, but the more you're willing to share that stuff, I think people connect with you and trust you more. Because they understand, you're not just showing the good stuff. You're not just showing, oh yeah, look how awesome I am. Yeah, you know, it's like I still every week I've got stuff that I'm stressing over all the time because I get to a level. There's always another level that you're trying to get to. You know, my full scale vision, as we talk about scaling, I always come full circle. See how it? That's pretty good, right? That's pretty so, good. So scaling. So no, I don't see Real Fit Life as being just me eventually. I see Real Fit Life as potentially being a franchise, but I am so meticulous about details that I don't wanna take next steps unless I know they are gonna be done just as well as the steps I've taken this far. So when I do bring trainers on, it's all up here, but next it's gotta be put into actual training manuals. I have, this is like McDonald's franchising. I have a whole system of how I train and start every single client that comes through my door. I have specific verbiage I use, specific verbiage I don't use. We have certain things we talk about within our, like we don't talk about thinness in our gym because not everyone that comes to us wants thinness. Not everyone that comes to us may be able to acquire thinness. And thinness is not important. And it makes a lot of people keep feel my wife less than. Right. Like but, you know, health and thin are not, they are not one in the same thing. But we want to make sure everyone in our environment is feeling successful, is feeling welcome, is feeling like they belong there. So in some ways, we're very much an anti-gym because our environment, we're not a Planet Fitness. People, and not that people aren't working hard in Planet Fitness, but they very much use that um, kind of like, you know, no lunks allowed, you know, yeah. almost like hard work is, but that's that's their gimmick, you know, that's their niche for the way they advertise. We've, I mean, we've got power lifters, we've got serious stuff going on at our walls. How much can you power lift? So currently, my the yeah. biggest deadlift I've pulled is 264 pounds. I just finally squatted 203 pounds. It was my goal this year to get a 200 pound squat. Awesome. And
0: my bench is I, I uh, This morning, I had a feeling that you were going to ask me to <laughs> work out this morning. So I actually got on my bike. I didn't do this. actually. And I was going like, to do this during the interview, but I'm like, yes. Yeah, so you're just like, doing
1: all single arm curls here. Yes, yeah, just, it's, it's, uh, just
0: a little okay. bit. I'm yeah, sorry. Okay. It's kind of lame. But, you know, but actually, you know, I, had to, I had to do an interview one time. You ever heard of, Anybody ever heard of Vinny Pazienza? He was a no. boxer back in the day. He actually was a champion. And he had gotten in a car accident and he had his halo on. And he was just getting, getting ready to have another fight again. So he was just getting prepped to get back into the ring. And I was working at the Associated Press at the time, mm-hmm. and I had to interview him. Yeah. And I thought we were going to just sit down someplace. He gets on a bike, a stationary bike, and goes, can you interview me while I'm working out? I'm like, okay. So it's I'm like in a three-piece suit, and I'm sweating. Right? That's and so, I'm like, funny. so oh I, I thought God. it might be like that with you. Uh, so I thought I might just out. kind of be. Yeah, you know, I know. I, I should have worn my hands clothes. Um, <laughs> I but, wasn't sure if you were going to do <laughs> that.
1: okay. But the whole scaling thing. Um,
0: That means you need investors, though, probably, right? No.
1: No. That's the other thing. I have done this. I have, aside from a couple smaller loans that I've done through Square, no loans. I have zero debt.
0: Awesome. I have zero debt. Awesome. I
1: have done everything. there. I was in the negative do do when I started Tell how my they, business. them
0: how did you were what?
1: I was in the negative, the negative. when I started so my business. So how do you start a
0: business with zero debt and zero <laughs> investors and?
1: Social media is free, people. It is free. Use it, use it, use it. Make sure you use it strategically, but if you're not sure how to use it strategically, at least just start using it to figure out how to use it strategically. I was just saying this to a group of people at a, at a meetup for entrepreneurs. There's no wrong way to use social media, okay? So get on there, experiment with it. I mean, you Well, there you might know, be some wrong ways, from, but
0: it, well, I get your point.
1: You know, I mean, you'll figure it out if you are, but you definitely don't want to be afraid of starting to put your message out there. If you have a brand, if you have a product, something that you want to sell, you have to let people know what it is And you have to let people know what you are, or who you are, rather. Because in the beginning, especially like for me, I mean, as I talk about my future vision, Real Fit Life will stand on its own. Right now, myself and Real Fit Life are very interconnected. Many people come to Real Fit Life through me or because of me. My goal is that eventually, in the future year's time, People will see Real Fit Life and recognize it like any other major and brand a, and recognize it. And, and that, that, that takes a, a lot of time.
0: And that is a challenge because it's like early on, mm-hmm. I know like small PR firms or other types mm-hmm. of firms, the head of the company, the founder, is the, um, they all want to work with that person. Oh, I know that person. Right, They're right. the rock star. So you are the rock star. Right now. So at some point, you probably have to start promoting people who become rock stars within. Which is why,
1: exactly, it's so important to make sure that when I do, because I have such a level of trust with my clients, I need to always maintain. So it's much easier to keep the customers you have. It's much less expensive to keep the customers you have than to get new customers. So retention should always be a major focal point. Um, So I know that when I do start to bring other trainers on, it's imperative that that level of trust not be broken. So that's why when new trainers come on, it's going to have to be gradually and they are going to have to be taught a system that is in sync with exactly the way I do it. So if somebody comes in to train on a day and I'm not there and the new trainer is, they are teaching the exercises Exactly the way I would have, because you know what happens if somebody suddenly like, oh, well, Janine told me to do it this way. Trust is broken down immediately. So that's why it's taken me so long to bring on trainers, because unlike most gyms where trainers are just hired, and then they just go do whatever they want. There's going to be a very distinct, there already is a distinct system, but now I have to train and teach it to others. Because it's also people. your
0: baby, let's be honest. It's
1: my it. baby, I mean... it is. But for me, it's more about the consistency. Yep. I have no problem stepping away from my business. Let me tell you, I, re- I really don't. I just wanna know that when I do, it's being done right. and my, And my members and the business is adhering to the same level of quality that is his, that it has had up to this point. That's very important for me. Question?
0: I have some questions, but I want yeah. to go through here first and see, yep. Um, how many other trainers do you have at this point? At we don't.
1: It's so, me. Uh, it's me.
0: You think this coming year, is there, when do you think it the is. first year? we're So
1: I'm getting ready to launch in January a news. program called Train the Trainers. And I'm going to promote it outside. People can pay to participate it. Even if people don't end up working with me, you're going to walk away with way more knowledge as a trainer than you would have ever had. So I'm going to be teaching people the stuff you don't learn through a certification. So I'm going to be offering that to anyone that wants to sign up for it. But I'm hoping through that I may also be able to find and recruit one or two potential people that can be those first two trainers. But by the time that program's done, they're gonna have a lot of the basic knowledge under their belt already to come on board.
0: Awesome. You Any other ideas uh, like how you would uh, encourage them to stay with you? So like, once you train me and I just leave, like, now I'm brain, I can start my mm-hmm. own. That well, reasoning. what's
1: the worst thing that happens? There's some better quality trainers out in the world because we really need them. So there is a I'm passion. Not, I'm you know, not worried about that.
0: Even though there will be some people like Janine who saying, right. there's a better way to do it than what right. Janine is doing. I don't, yeah. I'm just kidding. though. That's totally wrong. But, you know what I mean? It might no, be some people that yeah. they, they learn from you. And then that, so be it. That happens in every business, right? We train at, at TransFinder. Yeah. We will train somebody who's a entry-level programmer. Right. And after a couple of years, sometimes it happens where they start looking elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I said,
1: but just before, I saw a great quote on LinkedIn the other day that taps into that sentiment. And I thought it really hit it on the nail. And basically, it was like, you know, one of my employees asked me, what if we invest all of this money training our people and we, they leave us? And the guy said, what if we don't and they stay?
0: Ooh, very good. Wow.
1: Do you, right? I mean, it's 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 it, you have to train people. You have to you have to take that risk. Not everybody's gonna stay. Some people are gonna go do their other thing. But I really believe in like what's meant to be happens. If somebody's meant to land with me, they're gonna land with me. If somebody doesn't, it wasn't gonna be a good fit anyway. Or well, it may just so, be a season. Sometimes right. the other things are it's, just seasons. Right. So Everything that's okay. works out in the end. Well, my thought process was like if you're recruiting these people, if somehow.
0: They get to a certain level, mm-hmm. encouraging them to get to a certain level. Mm-hmm. Then you go, now you can expand, and you can, you would still kind of uh, prosper from there. Well, I was a franchisee. Oh. As, as, as a, a fra- well, franchise. That's what. Question. Yeah.
1: And I know you have a question, but the other thing that's take why it's taken me a long time is, I see, I take great responsibility in bringing on employees, and my thought is. When I bring on employees, they are going to be very well taken care of. And I think that in and of itself builds a sense of loyalty that you're not going to get at some mom and pop gym where they're paying you some piddly amount of money and they're taking 60% and giving you no feedback, no instruction for betterment, no support as a trainer. Um, And so, again, if I do all those things for somebody and they go their merry way, then, again, it just wasn't meant to be. But another reason I'm really taking my time with this is because I take it very seriously to take on employees, and I want to be able to take very good care of them. That requires a certain amount of money set aside where I know once I start, I don't want to suddenly have to be on month six you know what, I bit off more than I can chew, I gotta let you go, or yeah, I gotta pair back worst. your hours. Yeah, so, c- I take it very seriously growing into this. Yeah. So we
0: had a company, uh, a <clears throat> CEO came in one time and she said, that I think she had to have 500,000 mm-hmm. in added revenue before she would bring somebody in, she goes, that number is lower now, didn't she need to need that as much? And that wasn't just the salary obviously, right. it was like that could sustain right. it.
1: Right. You want to be responsible to your people.
0: Steven. So. I'll agree with you that exercise is addicting. In 2016, I lost a ton of weight. Unfortunately, I got injured and I put something back mm-hmm. on. Um, when I first started out, I had a business plan per se. Per se. Mm-hmm. Before I started working out, I had milestones. I had mm-hmm. everything laid out to my weight now, to what I want to be. Did mm-hmm. you do the same thing? Did you have a business plan and milestones and an end game in tact before you started your business?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I always do. I mean, I eat, sleep and breathe this. I always have the big vision at the end of the tunnel. But that's just kind of like out there because you got to know where you're headed. Like, think big. I honestly don't know if I'll ever get to the franchise level. I don't care. I'm having a great time in the process getting there. So for me, it's not like if I ever say, "Oh, I never, I never did the franchise." Like it's really it's not. during the journey. But I can see it. Like I can. See, I've had people come and ask me, "Is this a franchise?" I'm like, "Well, not yet," you know. So I mean, I see the potential, but, but in my everyday, right right now, I'm focusing on we're sponsoring the New York Fitness Expo. I'm focusing on getting my marketing plan together with my photographer. So it's like I got big picture. I've got, like I just talked about train the trainer, that's January, but it's up here, I know that's coming. But then I got my immediate stuff, like this morning when I woke up, like what am I doing today? I'm coming here to speak, then I'm gonna promote it on social media that I did it. Always, anything you do, let people know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and he will too, and then we'll cross promote because that's not tacky, because we're both. That's right. And, that's that's, right. That's, don't
0: hate and me. then, um, yeah, that's right, okay,
1: cool. Um, so, and then I have a lunch meeting with someone who helps me with graphic design and bringing her on as part of the marketing plan awesome. for everything I'm doing for the New York Expo. This is a big investment for us, so, but I'm really excited very about targeted,
0: it. It's targeted though. So it makes sense for you.
1: Oh, no. oh, absolutely. Now, Brandon kept sending me, I didn't know Brandon at the time, but I kept getting all these emails for New York Fitness Expo and I'm like, it's, it's going to be a circus. I, there's no point in having a booth there. We're not, you know, it's just going to be, we're just going to fall into the mix. But then he reached out to me, and here's another good lesson about you know personalization. Then one day on Instagram, I get a personal message from Brandon saying, "Hi, I've been following you. Now I thought he was just like blowing sunshine up, you know, to like try and you know make me feel flatter good you. and like want, yeah flatter me. So I'm like yeah okay that's. But he said, would you know I think you'd be a great fit as a sponsor for the New York Expo. And I thought oh, oh well sponsorship maybe. I said, well, send me, send me the info. Well, it turns out he really has been following me. One of my clients that's been with me for nine years, they took um, nutrition together at Russell Sage, and they were lab partners. And she was there the day he followed my Instagram page. So he legit follows my page. But um, I looked at the sponsorship, and I thought, now here's something that could really give us the price was right for the amount of exposure we we're going to get. And I felt I'd already done the Women's Expo, which his mom runs. So I knew they, have very, they, run their, their, they run things very well. So I thought it was a good investment. But for me, it's go big or go home. So if I'm going to invest this money in this New York Expo, now I'm going to invest more money to find more ways to branch into that Publicity that I'm going to get and maximize it as much as I can so I'll meet with Ashley today to work on the the marketing plan that we have Um, And then I've got a new potential client coming in at four o'clock, and then I've got training um, All evening with my groups that come in so that's what I'm focused on today
0: so so are you afraid to say you do the expo, it goes over great, and then Monday morning comes around and you have 50 people standing there going, We want to sign up, and you're like, I don't have enough people, what do I do? What a, what a problem that would be. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs>
0: terrible. She gets <laughs> it. He talk
1: about Here's the thing. Growth. Right, unexpected growth is not a bad problem. Unexpected growth, if, if I had to say to 25 of those people, Gee, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to have to put you on a waiting list because we are now filled to capacity. The day I opened the doors of our, we shared space at our first two studios. We've been in our current space just over three years now. And that was our first space that was solely belonged to Real Fit Life, it's our home. And when I opened those doors, actually even before I opened those doors, I told people you wait, eventually there's gonna be a waiting list to train at our gym. How do you think people respond if they hear there's a waiting list? Do you think that makes them wanna train with you less or more? (laughs) suddenly the level of status is like there's a waiting list. You got like, in with
0: Janine? How would so you get in with Janine?
1: That's not a bad problem to have. And those numbers you are going to fuel my expansion. Right. Mm-hmm. But all it shows me is the growth potential is there and keep going. Yes. So that's not um, I used to think like that. I used to be, oh what if this, what if that? And I'm like that's the worst thing you can do with yourself. All systems go um, you, sometimes you just got to get bigger. And my things boss, get thrown at you, accept it.
0: My boss talks Perfect. about, like, he must say figure it out every day. Well, yeah. You just yeah, figure it out. There times you just got to figure it out.
1: I mean, you, growth is so it's imperative to your business. Mm-hmm. Damn. Well, I had
0: a few things. but yeah. say I love your energy because you're like Thank a you. great personality. And Thanks. I have severe ADHD, too, so I respect that. <laughs> and you're very passionate about your entrepreneurship. Like, it, and that's a positive thing you actually what Went through like the first seven chapters I just had
1: somebody else tell me that the other day they mm-hmm. interviewed me and they're like you she actually takes the entrepreneurship uh, on, uh, I can't say the word entrepreneur half the time yeah, I, she I takes both. the course over at Hudson Valley College and she did an interview with me for her paper and she's like you're hitting all our keywords. I'm like,
0: I don't and know. All, <laughs> bingo. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're done. But I too is if you treat your employees correctly and you take care of them, it doesn't always have to be money wise. Mm-hmm. Just treat like a, a right. human being and treat them well, and then eventually they get to the you know more money and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're gonna want to see you grow and they're gonna want to see you succeed and just be a part of something that's succeeding is important for an individual Right. Uh, I agree. and with that. even if
1: they work. don't stay you are still building relationships that can come back around for, for all you know that could end up becoming another major fitness person in the area and now they have ultimate respect for you and they're going to do nothing but preach great things about your name right. to Let other people, leave people. With that's dignity. not a bad not thing to, to happen good
0: note, you you know? no. you're right yeah.
1: You never, ever know. For me, it's always just do everything with the fullest level of integrity. Always do the best you can. Always do the right thing, even if nobody's going to know about it. Because I'm telling you, all of that stuff comes back full circle. Okay. I've yet to see a time it didn't.
0: I have two rapid-fire questions. We no have correct. time, but I want to do a couple. Okay. These rapid-fire. Okay. These are short- type of answers. Okay. okay, all right. I love your answer, but I'm teasing her because <laughs> He's I He's telling go. me to keep it all short. Right. So, I uh, get it. best piece of advice you ever got? Not that short. Did you ever get good advice? Any good advice?
1: It's my own. That's okay. Um, Don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do.
0: Actually, I'm going to... Now, and I want to ask for your worst advice too, but wait, before you do okay. there's a quote that was in a um, Women at Work event that you were part of a couple of oh, years ago. Cool. And you had this really nice quote. I really like this. You talked about um, being in a male-dominated industry and that the importance of embracing yourself, and then you had this quote, um, the thing holding you back is yourself. Be yourself, and people will love you for it. I thought that was really And that, obviously, I think resonates. So, yes. um, So it's, I'm glad that you said that your best piece of advice came from you. That's okay. I think that's that, Um, Any bad advice you've gotten?
1: Yes. I once had someone who was also a business owner, and it was when I was really just starting out. Um, I was mostly, like, just traveling. To uh, That's a cute story I'm going to tell you in just a second but this person basically told me to be careful how I spoke around other people because sometimes things that I said indicated my, my monetary status. In other words, don't let people know that you're financially struggling. I think that's completely backwards. If you're financially struggling, if Beekman Brothers, one of their posts that went, and I know the story because I went to an event they spoke at, that where they went viral is when they were struggling and basically he showed a picture of his bank account, which was like a dollar. I don't know, I mean I'm paraphrasing, but that hit such a nerve emotionally with people, it went viral. Being honest with people, but if you're doing it in a way that comes from a positive frame of mind, it's more I'm sharing my struggles. I'm not telling you oh woe is me, but look, this is reality. I'm not just all everything's great and wonderful. even now i'm you know i'm figuring out yesterday how i'm going to rob peter to pay paul and everything balanced out but it's not like i'm living the high life right now i'm much better than where i was and i plan to continue to be because i've got that kind of work ethic and i just don't take no for an answer um i like to get things right but it still takes every day a lot of responsible budgeting and making sure things are evening out the way they need to my business started with a rolling suitcase I still have it so it's funny you have one of these so these adjustable dumbbells I used to roll around before I had a physical space to put my gym in our first one was over in Schenectady on Lafayette over where that fireside is now there's like a brewery or whatever Mm -hmm. that's where our gym was in there we shared space with a CrossFit oh 800 square feet that was our first location Prior to that, I had like a $60 suitcase I had bought at Walmart. The wheels never broke, which is amazing because I still have it at my studio as a keepsake I would put I swear to God about a hundred pounds worth of adjustable dumbbells, TRX resistance bands. I would roll that suitcase all times of year. I had a fitness program over at Nano Albany nanoscale science and um, whatever yep, I, no, and so that, right yeah. Yep. Um, I had a wellness program I did there. I would teach two to three times a day there. I was teaching some classes for CDPHP at their location, and I was teaching through the community um, education program through Scotia schools. So all day in my little Suzuki area, my son, who's an auto mechanic who loves Volkswagens, he refurbishes the old one by the way, he would love that. he was like, Mom, like the shocks in the back of your car, because I had this little car and I'd have like all this fitness equipment in the back, you know, kettlebells. I would wheel and carry that suitcase in and out. I was did that your that. workout, by
0: the way? Was that pretty much your that was That was a
1: workout, <laughs> but I did that for almost three years, almost three years. And I can tell you the day I got to put that suitcase away was like huge for me. But, I mean, I have really, like, when I started my blog for the Times Union, I like to tell people this just to understand, don't ever let anything, when you talk about, well, what if I can't? I didn't tell Michael Huber this, but when I started my blog for the Times Union, I didn't even own a computer. I went to the library, and I used sometimes twice a day. I would go to the library, and this was back in 2010, and I would use their computers to write my blog for the Times Union. And then I invested in a BlackBerry, which I would use just to go on and be able to answer people's comments. It was hard to actually do anything with the blog on it, you know. This is before smartphones were like they are now. And then I would answer people's comments on there. And then several months later, we got a laptop. I got a laptop. Um, Somebody helped me buy it but don't ever think you can't do something. If you wanna do something, there is always a way to figure it out. You have a question? Yes, um, I have two questions. So when you first purchased uh, your space, like, <clears throat> how much money did you spend on rent? And, like, Did you lease it for a certain amount of time? Like you were talking about you wanna, you know, when you open, you wanna stay open. Right. So like, how did you go about that? Well, what happened, the first space I went into rent-free in Schenectady. And now here's where I cannot, again, Network, 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 network. The first opportunity that came to me, I was projecting probably another three to five years before I would be able to afford to go into a space on my own. But I made sure through my blog and through networking, anybody and everybody I met knew what I did and what my goals were and what I was looking to accomplish. So through uh and someone I didn't even know well this was someone I knew through networking this was like a business contact reached out to me one day and they'd like I've got somebody I want you to meet meet me at Johnny's we met at Johnny's this guy was looking to open a CrossFit and he had some extra space and I kept saying no because I was like I'm not ready I'm not ready I'm not there and he finally reached out to me he's like just take the space we'll put the racks in as you build the business just pay me a percentage of what you bring in who the heck can say no to that i mean that's how like who would ever think in your wildest right that that would happen that was my first space that's how but word of mouth i made sure like and i still do i mean if anybody asks me to speak somewhere i don't care if it's two people if it's a hundred people I will speak, I make sure I get out and do anything and everything I can because again, full circle, you never know what comes back to you. And I have so many stories like that, that's just one. The next space we went into was on Western Ave in Albany. We shared space and then I started scaling up. So then I was paying a percentage of whatever I brought into the door and then we upscaled it after a year to a rental, an actual monthly rental amount. And that was $1,100, which for me at the time was a lot. But I took that on as a challenge, because I thought, if I can pay this person $1,100, that means my space is right around the corner. And then that's what happened. I got up to that $1,100 a month. The space we went into, we scaled up. So we started at $1,500 a month. We're in a 2,000 square foot space. We now pay $1,850 a month. Um, but now we are looking. I just have been speaking with our, our landlords. We're ready for a bigger space, okay. so we're well,
0: going. we're running. We're, oh, okay. we're running long. Make Sorry, quick, go ahead. Yeah, okay, no, okay. No, and I'll customers. make a
1: quick quick answer.
0: How did you come up with um, like a way to charge your customers like through membership? Like what? What? what did, how did you get
1: there? I do year agreements. You've got to make sure you're able to anticipate what your cash flow is from month to month. And the biggest problem I saw in fitness is it's, it's a leisure thing. So if somebody buys a new car, if they suddenly, their kid's suddenly going to college, any added expense that comes up, the first thing they think that can go is their gym membership. Right. So I stopped doing month to months. We do have a month to month, but you pay significantly more and you pay upfront at the start of the month for a month to month. You still have to give me 30 days notice to cancel, but you pay a lot more. Um, our yearly members get the best rate and those year memberships are what really, when I started to do that and it was the Cosgroves that really pushed me, they're like, you've got to have you invest in your members, why would you not expect your members to invest in you? So that's what really helped us grow to the next level and continue to. I'll tell you what, if any of you have additional questions please feel free to email me at info at real fitlife.net I'd be more than happy to answer them. So if you have other questions you want to ask, I love this stuff. So feel free to it. send them to me. It's Thank awesome. you. It's
0: awesome. Um, one thing I really like what you said and then we're going to wrap it up, but um, it's just how you're growing to that next level. We talk about it at my company, um, those stretch goals. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a stretch goal, it's like, uh, it's going to be tough. And you, your goals are kind of realistic in a way. Mm-hmm. Then in a way, you're not really pushing right. yourself to that right you know
1: next level right so and i ebb and flow i have times i'm like okay i'm gonna play it a little safe for a little while and kind of let the stress levels come down but then i get to that's where it's now it's it's ready to you know ante up again and that's where we're in one of those phases right now
0: awesome so give it up for janine tromboli